What's up, y'all? Today we've got Shane Snipeman, founder and chief product officer at Strum, local Nashville entrepreneur. Uh, really enjoyed this conversation, and uh, you guys are living this one. So you were a dad, like you used. So you built that mm-hmm. version of the app and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, sick. How did you like get into programming? Did you study computer science or just? Dude, I, I didn't. And some people may look down on this or whatnot, but I was I was working a finance job at a one of the big four accounting firms after college. So you know, when I was twenty two, got that like, doing that for about two years. You know, yeah. And it just wasn't fulfilling in what I wanted to do. And um, I just one day said, "Man." coding is is getting hot that's when the boot camps are coming out right the uh can't remember which one in san francisco but uh you know they were all coming out what's what that like hacker something or whatever yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and uh i was like man if i just save up and do this i know that i can make a better salary yeah um and it will be a challenge and it'll be cool so saved up quit my job randomly Went to a three month boot camp. From there, they were starting a new boot camp in Atlanta, and they said, "Hey, will, will you come and do the mobile side?" So I went for front end, and uh, will you come teach the front end, basically? And I said, "I will teach for free if I can sit in the mobile one, and so I can learn both." So I spent an extra three months doing that. Um, but that's when. I was living super lean just off the savings of, you know, my first job. And I had like eight months of runway probably. And I was like, I'm going to develop 20 hours a day. That's all. Like I have to make this work. Yeah. So I was, you know, teaching, I was going to school doing, you know, the boot camp mobile. Um, and then I started building this and I was playing shows at the time. So I was playing, uh, I was also a musician, right? So in Atlanta, I would go, to bars and restaurants and i'll be like hey can i play tonight you know for 50 bucks or whatever i'll play for free and get my get my chops up and those two things kind of connected uh right then it was like why is this so hard to get a gig and i literally named my app get a gig at the time and it was get a gig it was uh, a bar restaurant venue creates a profile and artist creates a profile and they have all of their information. They have their genre, their rate, their what type of music they have, and all that stuff. And so I just built a simple search, like give me all country singer songwriter venues within fifty miles away that ha- that have that genre, right? And then I could send them a message. And that was all it was at the time. And that was my project of just like you know so that I can go to companies and say, hire me as a junior debt, right? And it worked. That's what got me to Nashville. Um, so I built that. And within, I don't know, a couple of weeks of it being on the app store, I just started sending it to places. And a company in Nashville called Alupa right. um, that was building apps for music festivals were like, hey, you know, we need a junior dev. Um, I said, I'll be there on Monday. Let's go. Like I, it's music and it's developing. I was like, that is my two passions. Right. Yeah. Because I was loving developing too. Like it got me into it. So 
it became a passion of mine to learn how to code and things like that. And I was like, I've always wanted to go to Nashville because I love music. I wanted to be a musician. I was like, this is perfect. And that got me there and, um, or here rather. And, um, I was developing there for like two years while I was just in the music scene and, um, get a gig just went to the wayside. It was just a project at the time. So that's, that's slick. Okay. So, yeah. So started basically, um, programming still into music. Then those two things converged. Were you still working on your company while you were a dev full time or no? Okay. Yeah, I built the MVP, put it on the app store, had no idea what I was doing. I got the job and I never touched, get a gig again for four years. Damn. Yeah. Okay. And I was having, I, I mean, I was having thousands of artists download the, the app from all across the country. I would have artists in my Instagram messaging me, Hey, why am I not getting this gig? Hey, your payment system is broken. And I'm like, that was just a project, like to get a job, like, you know, and they're like, why am I this? Why am I that? I was like, dude, I'm not even doing anything with it. And I would log in iTunes connect every two years. And I would be like, I'm getting like 800 downloads every month or something like that. And I was like, why, why am I not doing anything with this? Right. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I still didn't do anything with that. And I even got, I even left the lympha and went to Bridgestone, the tire company and, um, went as like a mid-level dev, worked my way up at Bridgestone as like a head of digital. So I did web and mobile. So I was over the devs and, and spearheading like the mobile initiatives at Bridgestone Tire Company. Still never did anything with getting it. It was just on the app store. Now, so you're, so basically this version of your company, it was originally founded like many, many years ago. Yeah. A long time ago. Where are you now in terms of working full-time on it or part-time? During COVID or right after COVID, I left Bridgestone. Um, I had a lot, of, this was all coming to a head again, um, where again, as I told you before the recording, I had a software company out West. Yep. Um, I don't know, remember how we got connected, but I was telling them about the get a gig thing and they were like, this is a really cool concept. Like, why haven't you touched this in four or five years? Right. And I said, I just need, I'm not, I, I'm too busy working my normal job, also writing music a lot. Yep. And I just never really thought about it. Just, it was always just like a passion project for me. It wasn't like, I'm going to go start this company. Yep. And so I said, what if we partnered up together? If you could give me a dev team to do this, let's build a full MVP of what I really had envisioned it being like, I, it's funny. I feel like I built the MVP of the MVP, if that makes sense. Like yeah, I didn't yeah. build all the features that I would want a real MVP. I didn't build calendars. I didn't build, um, you know, uh, I don't, I just had a lot of features that I wanted to build. So I said, here's what I envision a real MVP. If I made this a company that it would need. And we negotiated and we said, okay, they became my partners. Um, they, I said, you know, they even asked, do we want to build on top of it? And I said, well, one, it's really old code. Oh. I didn't do the bet. You know, I was still junior at the time. So I was like, I think it's much, it would be much easier to let's rebrand, rename, 
and completely just redo the whole thing. Yeah, new right? everything. Yeah. yeah. And so, and at the time, it was funny, over the years, there have been some apps, you know, that had the word gig in it. So yep. I was like, I just want a whole new fresh thing, right? Yep. Um, and I had, you know, years of experience with looking at what, you know, best practices of, of design is and UI UX and things like that as I'm developing, right? Yep. And so I was like, I can make this look so much better. And we just created a whole new company, created a whole new company. And um, we started building. And as we were building, uh, so we named it Strong. We <clears throat> went back to the drawing board of the the flows, the layouts, the UI UX of things. Um, how we're going to how we can make it scalable. What my what I envisioned the long term being right, so that we could set up the database to you know handle where I want it to go. Um, and so they just started building. I was basically like product owner, kind of project manager at that point. You know UI UX. Uh, branding all of it and then um, people started seeing the idea in town that I was just talking about and you know I started angel investing or, or raising sorry so someone would put in you know chunk of cash and then I had these hats made literally had artists I started giving them to artists that I write with because I still write music and they would wear it and then they would go in and a, a manager of a band would be like, what is that hat? Oh, it's like an Airbnb for artists. I want a meeting. They would invest. And so then I just started raising capital that way to, to fund, you know, building what we have now. That's sick. I, uh, yeah. you know, I, I like am so enamored with like the scrappy founding story. Cause, <laughs> yeah. No, dude. Cause like, I mean, it took us maybe five years until I had a legit salary of 50K. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, and, and so for the first couple of years, fucking like, you know, you make some revenue, you just pay like using Cash App, or I'd go, like, I'd go to like my now today, like operations at his house. His wife has a, has a sick, had a sick job as a nurse. She's like, you know, doing the thing. And I'll be yeah. with like a couple hundred bucks based on like what's left over after all the bills are paid and shit. So I remember. Yeah, man. When me, him, another guy, we all took 50K a year salaries. I had a fucking offer letter drafted. I was like, holy shit, like, this is real. Um, but, yeah. But I, I don't know if that's wise because obviously I wasn't that <laughs> more. I didn't have ki- kids or anything like that. Um, but yeah, yeah. I love that story of like, okay, like build the scrappy version, just use it to basically get a job, get the job, then you want to rebuild the app. And like now yeah. it's, it's a legit company. And that's, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, um, man. Right now you guys are seed stage, right? Angel money invested. Um, how are you thinking about like the future of the, of the company? We finished our first round. Um, that got us to build a product that's working for venues, bars, restaurants, and artists. Now, here's the 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 funny thing is like some other apps are starting to come into the picture we have like um a specific way that we're doing it but um the main thing that i get all the time is you're just trying to cut out the booking agent right and 
a lot of these apps are trying to cut out the booking agent, but I'm not at all. So what I'm trying to do is, is I've made a lot of trying to make partnerships and connections with booking agents. And what I've found is that we need one more feature build for the booking agents so that it's like they're pouring gas on the fire, right? Of like, um, because they have the venues, they have the artists. So instead of me going individually to venue to venue to venue, I want to provide a, a software for the booking agents because right now they don't have any uh, for them to use as well. So we're raising a second round for building that for marketing and sales, not, you know, and it's still going to be scrappy. I mean, we're going to, it's still going to be me and a couple other people just call, calling and going and meeting at venues, going to shows, right? Um, but that's going to be the second round is those three kind of pieces that we need to, now that we have the product, let's go sell it. Let's go build on top of it, bug fixes, things like that, right? Uh, and hopefully that'll be just the last round that we do. That's cool. And then pass yeah. profitability from there. Yeah. 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 Cool. And we're, we're super close. Um, we're talking with some booking agents and things like that to potentially partner with. And, um, if we can get that, we'll be at revenue, uh, once we just sign those, you know, deals. So that's kind of the way I'm thinking of it now is like some of these booking agents will have thousands of artists under their umbrella. Yeah. And they're already booking a lot of these gigs. Yeah. So if we can just streamline it for them, let's just do that. And we just take a very, very, very small percentage. But over time, I mean, the amount of gigs that these booking agents are doing, we're just getting revenue that way. Plus, artists have to pay $9.99 a month to use the software. So what's your experience been in building this company in Nashville? Like thoughts on the ecosystem here? not to knock the music industry by any means, but it's like the music industry is so far behind in tech, right? So if I were to build a healthcare app or something like that in Nashville, like I think I would get more traction faster. Now, maybe it's saturated in the market, but, um, you know, you have to think venue owners, a lot of them have been around for 50 years. It's a lot of old way of thinking. Yeah. There's also... Yeah. You know, the, the music industry is very political too, in the sense of like who's getting the shows and, and things like that. Right. And it's a, it's a little bit of a chess match and there are a lot of players that have been in there forever. So I do think that again, like I said, there's a, a few other apps trying to come on the market in other cities. And I really think you have to be here right. um, because these are where the, the the big booking agents are these are where the the labels and the management companies of these artists the the i mean we have the most venues per capita you know i mean there's a venue every street right so if you can you know to your question if we can prove it here we're good right um and every other city in music is looking at what nashville's doing right so if we can say we're doing all this at these venues, we have these booking agents on, they're going to go, we want to do what Nashville's doing. And we see that in other venues, right? I'm glad that we're starting here because uh, there's just so many music connections that I'm able to make easier, right? That's so. That's cool. Um, yeah. Has the tech community been supportive? Like, are you able to find like people sort of going through the same shit? Like, Net investor network supportive, all that stuff. 
Um, I will say maybe the one thing that it's, it's, it's funny. It kind of goes both ways where the, the music side takes a while to catch up on the tech. Right. And I, and I've also seen that the tech side of things don't understand the music industry a lot of times. Right. And, And they shouldn't. I mean, it's crazy when you get into it, it's like the, the, way that it's run is is so much different than other industries and so on both sides i'm having to do a lot of uh explaining and showing them how it works for them to understand you know yeah so does that make sense totally it does it's like that like you have to kind of spend time like trying to get both sides to understand the intersection of like exactly lives What's like an ideal employee of the company look like? Like a programmer probably with an interest in music or like, you know, somebody in partnerships with an interest in music. Like, are you able to those people to scale your team? The the ideal right now is like somebody that can go honestly sell the vision to people in the music industry. Um, because... I think the one the one good thing is for for devs is that it does. I, I hear this from our team, and, and it it's an exciting thing to work on because you're dealing with you know shows and going to you know it, it's a cool maybe sexy yeah industry versus you know maybe developing something HIPAA compliant or something yeah. right yeah <laughs> so so they they enjoy it in that sense but. Yeah. Yeah. I do think like developers just want to develop at the end of the day. I don't necessarily think that they're just trying to build complex problems and that's why I respect them so much. They're not necessarily looking at the cool shiny thing. Right. So for, you know what I mean? For me, I need more of like somebody that's um, going out there trying to persuade people to use what we're doing because I, again, the music industry has is very archaic i mean i can't tell you how many venues i go in and they're still booking using a paper calendar with thousands of messages in their instagram and they're trying to say you can play on this date and it's just so it's it'll blow your mind how archaic it is so we need somebody to go in there and that's what i'm doing is saying like we're creating this way that you don't have to cold call anymore and you don't have to use paper calendars and Gmail and all this stuff to, to sync up these shows. Just use what we're doing. So you guys need somebody that's like in like partnerships, selling the vision, going to meetings. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So we, so we mentioned like, uh, we talked about this off air. Like you mentioned that like your wife is an entrepreneur. Well, how did you guys meet? And like, was that something that like kind of like helped like, like that shared interest. Like, um, it's so funny. Like two folks are both like one off and one (laughs) on, you know what I mean? I mean, we're both risk on to be honest. (laughs) I love that. And, and, and and we just got married a year ago. So it's like first year marriage is literally both trying to build startups. And it's, uh, it's funny because it's like it brings so much stress, but it also like makes you a team because you both understand what you're going through. 100%. And honestly, when we met, I had a full time job at Bridgestone at you know Fairy Secure, 
and she was working a job as well. So it's like we weren't both in that startup world. It was all, and both of these started at the same time. It was right after COVID where I told you that I, I met the software engineering firm and, and they said, hey, like maybe we make this a company. That presented the opportunity at the exact same time where she was in COVID you know, marketing restaurants and things like that going around and just saying, I'll, I'll do your social media. And then it was just referral based. I'll do your social media. I'll do your social media. And so when it got to a point where she was just getting enough clients that she could sustain it on her own, she went out her own and, and did the same thing. And so, you know, we were both just like solving problems for people. I mean, I, I really feel like that's why you should start a company. Um, and never just be like, I'm going to start a company today and make, make money because <laughs> if you have that mindset, man, every day, like if you don't have that, like passion for what you're doing, you know, and a reason for why you started that, like you are going to burn out it, fast. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. I also, like, I also take special issue with people who are like, oh, like. I want to be my own boss or like, I don't want a boss. It's like, dude, your boss is like your customers and like, they're, yeah, they're going to be up your yeah. ass. Like, yeah, these bosses are like, I need to make this guy like feel good or a gal yeah. good. Like the market doesn't care. Like I want this shit fixed yesterday. Why the fuck are you doing this? Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have like, you have thousands of bosses. <laughs> thousands. Yeah. Dude, I know. So I always like, Somebody tells me that I always like smile because I don't want to be a dickhead and be like, dude, it's not, it's not that fun. It's like you just have it's, to solving the problem, you know, dude. It, that's what I'm saying. That's the that's the thing that keeps you going, and and is the fuel for why you're going. Because I can't tell. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I still sometimes now think like, oh, I could go back and just have an easier, way easier time. Oh yeah, day to day. You know uh, what I mean? I was there. I did it. And I'm like, wow. Like, I had no stresses. <laughs> you know? Right? The only stress was like, am I going to get to work on time? And yeah. somebody be upset at that. Yeah. It's like, you just do the work. Yeah. Now, like, people do think, like you said, oh, it's so attractive to not have a boss and to be able to work and things like that. But, like, you have to keep yourself accountable. There's way more stresses that come with that. 100%. Sometimes you feel alone. Like, yes. you know, you feel like you're doing it alone and like you don't have, you know, yes, you have a team, but like, yeah, man, there's just, it, it's, it's tough. It, no, it is. Yeah. You can't, like, you can't go to your team, like, guys, let me tell you about all this shit that sucks. Right. Exactly. And be like, the fuck is wrong with this guy? Exactly. Like, right. They need to, they need to believe. And that's the thing. You, you, you feel like you have to have it all together. Yeah. Um, because they need to believe in you to be the leader. Yes. So you do have a lot of responsibility and stress. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah, man. Totally. It's, a, it's a tough game. <laughs> it, it is. But in some ways, it's like, uh, I don't know. I it, In fact, I forget what it's like to not have the stress of. Agreed. You know, I just forget. Yeah. You know, and I sometimes wonder. I'm like, what would it feel like if I didn't feel this full, like at the second <laughs> I wake up? check my email and the, <laughs> yeah. like the like right before i go to bed to check my email you know what would that what would that universe feel like you know dude <laughs> yeah. i can't even imagine anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, what are some rituals that like you and your wife keep 
because you guys are both entrepreneurs, I imagine high stress, you guys like come together as a team. What are some things that you guys do? Like, do you guys talk about work at dinner or do you, are you guys like, Hey, after seven, like no work talk for like two hours. Like what are some things that you guys do? It's, it's honestly talk about it 24 seven, just because okay. we're in it. It is. Um, and we're talking like, you know, you're waking up at 3am sometimes just being like, are you thinking about how long you have left? And like, like, you know, runway and like, yeah, yeah I'm thinking about that too. It's like, we got to figure that out. But, um, that's I so think- cool, dude. I, I'm, that's amazing though. Like the house like is in it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mentioned this the other day. It's like, it'd be crazy if one of us wasn't because I feel like you'd almost look at it as like, why are you bringing me down with your negativity or whatever? But it's like when somebody does understand, like, you know, that's those stressors on there. Like you can, you're just trying to help each other constantly. But I think ritual wise, I mean, the two biggest things that we have is, waking up earlier to what you mentioned, like where you have like an hour of, you know, we, we have coffee, quiet time type of thing where it's like, you're not necessarily emailing people back and you're not, um, you're just taking that morning. And then we have a dog, which I will say like, it's kind of crazy, but we got a dog year and a half ago and it's like, it makes so much, uh, He's like brought out so many good things during the day because every day at like five o'clock, we're like, let's go walk, you know, three mile loop, like Emma came down here. So we do that loop every single day. And that's kind of our time. It's like, he gets us out because even on the days that you don't want to do it and you're tired, yes, you're like, you have that responsibility to like take the dog, let him have fun. But then what that does is allows us to like, we, we separate work for an hour you know, yeah. and it takes us about an hour to, to do that walk. And so that's always like the two things. It's like, we know that we're going to walk at that time roughly, um, and take the mornings, man. And then the rest is just, I mean, some, it's just always, it's, it's constant. You, you know how it is. <laughs> yeah, dude, no, no, I mean, I've, I've definitely like been in relationships where like, I'm, I'm working a lot and like the conflicts are like, why aren't we doing more shit on Saturday? And I'm just like, because Saturday is a work day. I don't know. Yeah, what I know. And I know. Then, then you're in a conflict that's like about work and neither person feels good because one person is like, man, it's tough, dude. Yeah yeah. 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 So it is cool that like two people are like, hey, like we're going to eat dinner standing up like out of a box and like get back to it. Like, okay, let's go. No, that's 100%. Or, <laughs> or, or man, like, you know, I don't think people talk about this. And so it's kind of interesting to talk about. Never really thought about it, but you like what you said about eating. I mean, I, I just, my mind went to, for instance, last night she had to work on a project that was later on. So it's like, you have to, one of you has to step up at all times. It's like, yeah. all right, I'm going to cook. I'm going to cook, let you do your thing. Yeah. Right. And so I, I literally last night, it's like, go do your thing. If I'm taking a meeting or I have to go to venues or show it, it's like, hey, can you help help in this area or for dinner or whatever before that so that I can leave, right? And, you know, another thing we do on Saturdays is we'll, we will st- still go work, but we'll like go to a coffee shop that we love. So it's like, you're still hanging out, but you're working. So it kind of feels like you're, you're, do- you're getting both done. That's, um, cool. That's cool. Yeah. But I have, uh, 
it's funny too. It's like I we we have a, a couple friend, um, it's one of our one of our best friends, and he's full startup mode right now. You know, got got an investment, and he has a runway as well. And yeah. she's kind of holding it down with a full time job, and but she has a really good idea for a job, and we ask him all the time. It's like whenever he gets to a spot where it's maybe revenue is 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 stable in the startup, then he can be the steady one and then she goes out and does the startup. And then he has to take, you know, he has to get to a steady spot. So you just have to have those conversations, you know, with your it just needs to be known of like what the goal is. Yeah. You know? Uh totally. That's inspiring. <laughs> And it's like, it's so, because like, I think when you have a business and you're scaling it, it's all encompassing. It's like, yeah, all you think about, you know, it, it really is, man. Yeah. It's like our, so our investors remind me that, cause I'm, I'm always like, I want to do this with the company. I want to do this. They're like, dude, like n- nobody in the company is as fucking crazy as you. Like you yeah. can't this out of people. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do. I like, especially like if you're friends with entrepreneurs and like you're talking, you're like, you just, I just think like, this is how everybody thinks. So like, why would you not want to work 80 hours? Like right. your mission, like you should do it. But yeah, most people are like, Hey, I want to show up, fucking leave it at work and then chill. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I have a mentor that says like, there are a lot of people that are okay with that and, and are happy with that. It's like, I respect that. You know, it's like at the end of the day, like if, if that makes you happy and stable for your family and things like that, like that's, that's great. It's just, it wasn't in my, I met up with my old uh, boss at Bridgestone three days ago for lunch and yeah. haven't seen him in three years. Cause that's when I left probably two and a half, three years ago. Yep. We were catching up and he was just like, we would always talk, um, you know, other directors at, at his level in Bridgestone. They would all, he would always say, man, we'd always talk like, why are you just still here working behind the desk, like developing? Like it's, it was in your DNA to go like make something, go create something, go build something. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool to hear because it's like some people are okay with that because they want that stability, right? People have different pasts, right? They need to feel grounded. They need to feel stable. So by all means, if, if that steady salary and knowing that you have a job and knowing that you don't have to have that stress is great for you and your family, do it. It's just, it wasn't sitting behind that desk was just making me, just eating at me, you know? Totally. No, man. Do you, so were your parents like entrepreneurs or like, how did you like get interested like- I don't know, man. I, 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 I always go back to my dad was a fighter pilot and, and he was a colonel and, and, um, everything was pretty regimented. Um, uh, my mom, I grew up in Italy. My mom was Italian and she was more like kind of free spirited, I guess. And so I kind of had both worlds and my dad always taught me like hard work and, and times and things like that. But he always had this mentality that, when you're a kid, anything that they want to try or do, just give them the opportunity to do that. Sick. So if I said, I want to learn how to play drums, right? He would, all right, I'll buy you like a super cheap drum set and see if you like it. And you, if you stick with it, like you run with that. Oh, I want to play guitar now. Okay. I'll get you a, a cheap guitar. Like, see if you want to do that. And just, he gave me all that 
you know, those things like, I want to play golf. I want to play this. I want to do this. And so I was just constantly learning new things. And I felt like it was always in my DNA to be like, I want to go out and like try new thing, like conquer it maybe. Yeah. So that's kind of where I think that mindset came from is, you know, being allowed to not have like a specific path, but like try a bunch of different things until you find it. Yeah. I always love hearing how different people get to like the point of like wanting to do something hard, like start a business and scale it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is not typical. And school does not prepare you to do that shit. No, man. <laughs> no. I wish, I wish they would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Totally, we're a better place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Where can people find you and your company on the interwebs or wherever social? Yeah. So it's strong.com, S T R U M N.com. Uh, my Instagram is just Shane Snipeman. Our Instagram is strong at strong. But yeah. So you can find me either or. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Shane. Appreciate you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're listening to the Founder to Founder podcast powered by Gun.io's Frontier Network. We release a new episode every Thursday morning, so be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you stream your music. Please leave us a review and share with your friends. You can follow us online at The Frontier Pod or drop us a line at team at gun.io to get in touch about hiring world-class tech talent. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast, produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to Gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast, and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.